Good evening. Thank you so very much for joining us tonight for our Bible study and our time of ministry in the Word of God. I trust God that you are doing well, you and your loved ones. You are having a wonderful season, enjoying the goodness of the Lord. God is so good. He's so good. He's so awesome. Words could never describe how good he is. Hallelujah. I trust that you are basking in the glory of his goodness, uh, just as we are. Amen. Well, I welcome you to uh, this service. Wherever you are joining us from and whatever platform you are joining us through, I really appreciate your diligence and your coming around together with us around the Word of God. I am so excited. I always am. And every opportunity um, to um, get around the Word of God and minister that Word to the saints, um, I consider uh, the greatest privilege ever. So thank you for allowing us to continue to minister the Word of God to you. Uh, let's share a word of prayer and get into the Word tonight. I have quite a few things that I need to um, try to get get through um, in this service, so I trust God that I can, we can dive into it real quickly and um, we can go follow the, the steps and the leading of the Holy Spirit and go as far as He would help us to go tonight. Father, we thank you so very much. We give you the glory and the praise for another wonderful day. Thank you for your faithfulness and your loving kindness to us. Thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you, Father, for your mighty hands upon our lives, what you continue to do, how you continue to move. I give you all the glory and all the praise. Thank you, Lord, so much for all my brothers and sisters, everyone that is joining us online tonight in this service, wherever they are joining us from, wherever they are in the world, whatever platform they are joining us through. Father, I thank you for keeping them. I thank you, Father, for blessing them and their families, for watching over them, for fulfilling your word in their lives. Lord, as we get into your word together tonight, I pray for illumination. Precious Holy Spirit, that you will be here, that you open our eyes, that you would en enlighten us. And Lord, cause the light of your word to shine upon our minds so that we can receive everything that you have prepared for us tonight. We give you all the glory and we give you all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen and amen and amen. And thank you so much again for joining us tonight. And welcome. Glory be to God. I hope you have your Bibles or uh, whatever devices you access the Word of God through. Um, the Lord will help us tonight. We are studying guarantees for success and divine guidance um, through the Holy Spirit. Um, we know our theme scriptures, 2 Samuel 23, verse 5. David said, Is it not my family God has chosen? Yes, he has made an everlasting covenant with us. His agreements are arranged and guaranteed in every detail. He will ensure my safety and my success. That's a promise, a promise of God's covenant. He also says there in Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you will observe to do according to all that is written therein. Meditate on it day and night, and then you will make your way prosperous, and you will have good success. And of course, 3 John and verse 2 as I pray in the Living Bible, I pray that all is well with you, that you are healthy even as your soul um, is doing well. The will of God is that you and I succeed in everything that we do. All of his children, God has a success plan, a success plan for every single one of his children. There is none of God's children that God does not have a success plan for. There isn't any of God's children that he does not have a success plan for. And so the will of God is for you and for me to do well in life, to prosper. Last week, the Lord really helped us to um, just 
delve around the encouragement around God's word for those that might be going through adversity um, in, in, this, in this season. Um, but really, even as we learn about success, uh, it is very important that we embrace the fact that uh, one of the keys to succeeding in life is to learn to stand and advance through adversity. Every single one of us will go through trials and difficulties. We will go through times of, um, of, of difficult challenges, times of affliction sometimes actually. And, and sometimes things will not necessarily feel well. Things may not necessarily be as well as we desire that they are. But that does not mean that the Lord has abandoned us. He would never leave us or forsake us. That's his promise. That does not mean that his word isn't any, isn't any um, useful to us anymore, isn't um, uh, viable, isn't trustworthy. No. Even when we go through seasons of adversity, and all of us will, it is very important to remind ourselves uh, our mandate, our responsibility is to stand and advance through those seasons of adversity. Because when we do that, then we will arrive at the place, the landing place that we read about last week in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. We will arrive at that next wealthy place that we read about last week in Psalm 66 verse 10 to 12. Hallelujah. So I want us to talk a little bit more about that tonight, um, I know that in First Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 9, this is where we closed out last week. Paul said um, in, in the King James, he says, For a great door and effectual is opened unto me, and there are many adversaries. In the Amplified, it says, A wide door of opportunity for effectual service has opened to me there a great and promising one, and yet there are many adversaries. There are many adversaries. I love very much um, 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 Albert Barnes. Albert Barnes is, um, is a Bible commentator, and um, I really love um, some of his words. Um, uh, regarding this particular scripture, um, especially is, is describing a great door, what a great door is from the perspective of, of uh, Paul's writing, why did he describe it as effectual, and then why, why so many adversaries? If, if this was supposed to be such a good thing for the gospel, if this was supposed to be such a blessing, is wide door of opportunity, even described as a wide door, that is, it's like a great opportunity. It's like a, a great opening, right? A great open door. Why so many adversaries? And uh, even though I don't have the time to go through all of this to, to read the whole thing, I really like some of the comments he made. Even though he's making these comments particularly uh, with respect to the gospel and Paul's own particular situation that he was dealing with, his, his, his notes, his comments um, are widely applicable to whatever we're dealing with in life where um, we see opportunity and yet we see difficulty. <laughs> we see opportunity and yet we see difficulty. You remember one of the things that we have said is in every opportunity there, is, there are difficulties or there is a difficulty. And in every difficulty there is an opportunity. So it is extremely important that we have our eyes of faith open, enlightened, and that regardless of what our circumstances uh, may seem like in, in, in the present, that we elevate in our thinking and we think like people of God. We think like word people, people of faith. We think like God thinks. We take on his thoughts in those situations of our lives so that we can experience and so that we can enjoy the blessings and the benefits that have been made available to us 
in those seasons. Amen. So it describes a great door. There is, there is abundant opportunity for usefulness. The word door is used evidently to denote an occasion or an opportunity for doing anything. It is the means by which we have entrance or access and hence denotes facility in doing anything when there is no obstruction. So that word door actually connotes that we are able to do some things and there's no obstruction. So a wide door of opportunity is very exciting. Amen. It means we can get a lot done. We can move forward in life. We can pursue our dreams. We can, uh, we can take leaps and steps of faith into destiny. Uh, we, we, can, we, can, we, can, we can launch forward. And, and do the things that the Lord has called us to do. You know, recently, many of you were, thank, thank you, many of you were a part of our New Horizon Convention in, in Charlotte, North Carolina. And uh, what a glorious weekend that was. What a glorious weekend. Hallelujah. And, and the, the Lord helped us. All of our goals were accomplished. All of our goals for that weekend were accomplished. Our, our goals to have a, a service, an outreach on Friday night. Our goals to have a time of refreshing fellowship and vision casting on Saturday. Uh, a time of ordination and just launching out in this, in this new season of this vision on Sunday. I mean, what a glorious weekend that was. I mean, what a glorious weekend. Hallelujah. We're so thankful. We're so overwhelmed by the goodness of the Lord. And thank you for those of you that prayed along for us. And, and some of you even made sacrifices to be there in person. Glory be to God. But you see, that, that weekend represented a wide door of opportunity. That's what that was. It's a wide door of opportunity. It's like a door is open to launch into something. Right? And the general assumption is there are no obstacles. There are no obstructions stopping us. It's a wide door. Of opportunity that has been opened unto us. And yet Paul said there are many adversaries. He Adbabans describes the word effectual when he describes it as effectual. Listen, he says that is effective or adapted to success. Mm, I like that. Adapted to success. Presenting opportunity for great effects. There is abundant opportunity to preach the gospel. There is attention to what is spoken. Great interest in it. There is great encouragement to labor. It is possible that this was one of the reasons why Paul had changed his mind about Macedonia. I went on and on and described a few things. But this was a great opportunity. <laughs> this was a great opportunity to do something good. And yet Paul said, there are many adversaries. I mean, that's the last thing we want to hear when we think about opportunities. When we, when we think about the ability to do something good, the ability to launch forward, the ability to take, to take inheritances and take possessions, the, the ability to advance in destiny, or like we described that convention, the, 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 the theme the Lord gave us, a new horizon, the, adver the, 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 the opportunity to launch into a new horizon. Man, that's exciting. But adversaries? Adversaries? That's the last thing we want to hear. Adversaries. Adversaries. And yet that is the reality of life. That in every opportunity, there is a difficulty. And in every difficulty, there is an opportunity. Some of the opportunities God will bring into our lives may look like difficulties to start off. But if we take advantage of those difficulties, those opportunities in the difficulties, we will, we will be translated. We will bust out into a new horizon. We'll bust out into a glorious new elevated place. Amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. Says there is a wide door of opportunity, and yet there are many, not even one, many adversaries. And we know some of the adversaries that he had to deal with. Albert Ban says, Many adversaries, many opposers, many who resisted the gospel. These were doubtless in part Jews, and he talked about walk, and, and, and then he has a few other comments that such a work of grace. Such a setting open of a great and effectual door is often the occasion of increased opposition to the gospel. 
So every time you are seeking to move forward, the enemy is going to raise up opposition against you. Every time you seek to move forward, the enemy is going to throw obstacles at you. Every time you make up your mind, I'm going to move forward, I'm going to do something good, I'm going to launch out the enemy. Before, before you take your first step, the enemy throws obstacles at you. Amen. He says that this was regarded by Paul as no reason why he should leave Ephesus, but rather as a reason why he should remain there. It was regarded by him as evidence that the Holy Spirit was there. It was proof that the enemies of God were alarmed and that the kingdom of Christ was advancing. So sometimes the presence of opposition is actually evidence that God is doing something with us. The presence of opposition, the presence of obstacles is actually many times evidence that God is up to something. God is up to something. Hallelujah. I love it. I love it. He says a minister of Christians should regard it as their duty in a special manner to be among his people when there is such opposition excited. So when you're moving forward and you find opposition, that should not be reason for us to want to go back. To want to draw back. The Bible says we are not of them that draw back to perdition. Right? But we are of them that move forward to the saving of the soul. Glory be to God. We press forward in faith. We always press forward. Remember the children of Israel when they um, when they under the commandment of Moses. Which Moses was walking under the commandment of, of the Lord. And told him to lead his people out of Egypt. And they got to the Red Sea, and you know this story. The, the Red Sea was ahead of them. There was no way to go forward. Behind them was Pharaoh and his chariots, and they seemed like they were trapped there. And many of them started crying. Many of them started regretting. Believers must never let that happen to them. As you are moving forward, no matter what comes your way, there must be no regrets. There must be no crying. There must be no looking for a way to go back. We don't go back to perdition. We don't go back. We move forward. Paul says in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, I press forward. I press toward the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. Forgetting what lies behind, but, and, but looking forward to, to what lies ahead. So opposition, obstacles, adversity, adversaries, should not make us want to turn back. Turn back to what? Turn back to where we were, where we were not satisfied with that. Like the children of Israel, turn back to what? Turn back to being slaves in Egypt. Turn back to where your dreams were not fulfilled. Turn back to where you were not in control of your life. No, 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 no. There's no going back. Say that with me, there's no going back. There's no going back. There's no going back. We're not going to be like Lot's wife and turn around and look back and then become a pillar of salt. We become frozen and dead in destiny. No. That will not be you and that will not be me. Hallelujah. We are moving forward. Somebody said that with me. I'm moving forward. Say it again. I'm moving forward. Glory to God. Finally, he said, believers, ministers, should not be discouraged because there is opposition to the gospel or to what they are trying to do, to doing the will of God. It is one ground of encouragement. It is an indication of the presence of God in awakening the conscience. And it is far more favorable as a season to do good than a dead calm. And when there is universal stagnation and unconcern. That is, when you find adversity, a lot of adversaries around you, that is, that, is, that is a good indication. That is a good indication to move forward into destiny. That's a good indication to believe, to press forward in faith. And that should even encourage us. That should encourage us to carry our shield of faith, to launch forward. Like the Lord said to Moses, when Moses lifted up his voice, crying out to him, tell the people that they go forward. Tell the people that they go forward. The Lord is telling you tonight, go forward. Whatever it is you are trying to do, no matter the disappointments you may have encountered on your journey, the Lord is saying this to you tonight, clearly, categorically, prophetically, go forward. 
Go forward. Whatever is forward, that's what you must do. What, wherever is forward, that's where you must go. You must not go back. Go back to what? Go forward. Say with me, I'm going forward. Say it again, I'm going forward. I'm going into destiny. I'm going to my next wealthy place. Don't take that no as a final answer. Don't take that no as final. Don't take that disappointment as as defining. No, no, no. Go forward. Go forward. Go forward. Ask yourself the question, what is faith? Because faith always pleases God. In my situation today, what is faith? Whatever faith is, do it. Go forward. Go forward. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We should take some time and go and study um, the children, the, the journey of the children of Israel in the book of Joshua when they came to a place called Gilgal. I want you to look at a, a few scriptures with me in uh, Joshua chapter 5. Joshua chapter 5 and Joshua chapter 6. <clears throat> as they continued to move forward and as they continued to advance, in destiny, they came to this place called Gilgal. Go with me there to Joshua chapter 5. Let's read verses 2 and 3 and then jump to verse 7. Read all the way from verse 7 to the end of the chapter and then read the first three verses. The first three verses of Joshua chapter 6. Adversity must never, must never succeed in pushing us back. I'm prophesying to somebody tonight. The Holy Spirit is having me speak to someone tonight. Adversity must never succeed in pushing us back if we want to succeed in destiny. If we want to succeed in destiny, adversity must never succeed in pushing us back. If we want to succeed in destiny, adversity must never succeed in pushing us back. We're not going back. We're going forward. We're moving forward. Somebody say that with me. I'm moving forward. I'm moving forward. Hallelujah. Joshua chapter 5, verse 2. At that time, well, let's read from verse 1. It came to pass when all the kings of the Amorites which were on the side of Jordan westward and all the kings of the Canaanites, which were by the sea, heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of Jordan from before the children of Israel until we were passed over, that their heart melted. Neither was their spirit in them anymore because of the children of Israel. See, they were moving forward. And their opponents were afraid. Verse 2, At that time the Lord said unto Joshua, Make these sharp knives, and circumcise again the children of Israel the second time. The Lord wanted them to be strong in his covenant. Many of those children had not been circumcised. Some of the older ones had been circumcised, but even many of them had died off in the wilderness. The Lord wanted Joshua to do a mass circumcision again, to reenact and to reestablish the covenant that he made with them. Through Moses. And walking in the covenant, sharpening and strengthening your covenant with God is one of the greatest things you and I can do for ourselves. Let's go to verse 7. And their children whom he raised up in their stead, them Joshua circumcised, for they were uncircumcised because they had not been circumcised, because they had not circumcised them by the way. And it came to pass when they had done circumcising all the people that they abode in their places in the camp till they were whole, till they were healed. So they were circumcised. They needed time to heal and to recover from that exercise. And the Lord said unto Joshua, This day have I rolled away the reproach of Egypt from off you. Therefore the name of the place is called Gilgal unto this day. The word Gilgal in the original, in the Hebrew, means rolling away. Rolling away. And in this scripture, the, the Lord 
in this season, in this moment, the Lord was rolling away the reproach, the shame of his people. He said, call that place Gilgal. It's amazing sometimes how a place of pain can also be a place of Gilgal, a place of rolling away of shame. The same place where we encounter pain, the same place where we encounter embarrassment, sometimes the Lord can use that same place as the place of our transformation to glory. Oh, hallelujah. Isn't he a wonderful God? So he said that place is called Gilgal unto this day. And the children of Israel encamped in Gilgal and kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month at even in the, in the plains of Jericho. And they did eat of the old corn of the land on the morrow after the Passover on leavened cakes and parched corn in the selfsame day. And the manna ceased on the morrow. Watch this now. And the manna ceased on the morrow. After they had eaten the old corn of the land, neither had the children of Israel manna anymore, but they did eat of the fruit of the land of Canaan that year. Remember, manna represented what they were used to. Manna represented what they had been used to for years, 40 years in the wilderness. And suddenly manna ceased. Sometimes adversity comes at us and deprives us of certain benefits that we have been used to. Adversity sometimes cuts off our reliable chain of supply. Sometimes adversity deprives us of things that we have considered ourselves entitled to. But I want you to notice in the word of God, the Bible says that even though the manna ceased, the fact that they were no longer allowed to enjoy manna didn't mean the plan for their provision, the plan for their provision was no longer existent. The fact that manna ceased, the fact that what they had been entitled to for, for 40 years, the fact that what they had been used to for 40 the fact that that chain did not mean the plan that God made for their provision had 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 been aborted. Remember as a child of God, every time you go through a season, every time something changes in your life, God was there before you. God was there before you. It is so important as God's children that we have this covenant understanding. We don't serve an absentee father. Our father is never absent. Our father is never caught off guard. Our father is never, he is never, the Bible says he never sleeps, neither sleeps nor slumbers. Always remember, when you go through seasons of life where there's some sudden change, or sometimes adversity cuts off certain benefits that you have enjoyed leading up to them, rejoice. Rejoice because that means the plan of our father is at work. There's a new thing that is about to unfold that we were not aware of before and it is a better thing. It is a better thing. Adversity comes at us and makes us feel immediately in the moment threatened. It makes us feel um, deprived, denied. But I want you to know, God, our Father, our Heavenly Father, our Covenant Keeper, He has a plan. He has always had a plan. And that plan is not defeated and it is not hijacked by any adversity that Satan can send into our lives. The fact that something changes suddenly, the fact that something is removed, the fact that something we're denied of, does not mean God has taken a break from his plan of provision for us, for, from his plan of protection for us, 
from his plan of healing for us, from his plan of, of restoration for us. No, 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 no. The covenant worketh. My friends, the covenant always worketh. Hallelujah. So yes, adversity comes on the path of righteous people, of godly people, of God's covenant people. But that adversity is just an ingredient, is just a tool for God to manifest their next level of success. Hallelujah. Remember that scripture in Isaiah 40, 40, 49? I'm not sure, 49 verse 13, where God said, Behold, I do a new thing. Shall you not know it? Well, sometimes in experiencing God's new thing, it can, it can come with uh, changes. <laughs> it can come with some changes. Some changes that we would rather not experience. Some changes that we would rather not go through. But the fact that there are changes does not mean it's a lesser plan. No, in fact, it's a better plan. As long as we are working with the Father in our covenant relationship with Him. In fact, it is, it is a better plan. That means as we make adjustments and begin to walk in this new road with some of the things that the new challenge has brought, we're going to, I'm about, I, I was going to say stumble, but we're not stumbling. We are stumbling, but it was actually designed. We are going to stumble by design into certain things we were not aware of. That are actually things we need for our future. There are things we need for our higher place. Glory to God. Remember in Isaiah 40, uh, sorry, 43, 18. Remember you not the former things, neither consider the things of old. So sometimes God brings changes into our lives. And sometimes those changes can come by way of adversity. And yet, if we have the right approach to it, and we take on God's mind, and we think God's thoughts, and we walk the covenant walk in those seasons of our lives, this can launch us into new things that we never have imagined before. New things that we need to manifest for our destiny to be fulfilled. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. I hope somebody is listening to the Holy Spirit tonight. He said in verse 19, Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness. I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. So I will make a way where there was no way. I will create rivers, refreshing where there was dryness. He said, the, the beast of the field, verse 20, shall honor me, the dragons and the owls, because I give waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my people, my chosen. To give drink to my people. To give drink to my people. To give drink to my people. God, whatever changes, adversities can bring, whatever challenges and difficulties, God said, I will bring drink to my people. I will bring drink to my people. God has new drink for you. God has new wine for you. Hallelujah. He said in verse 21, These people have I formed for myself. They shall show forth my praise and my glory. That adversity, if we will embrace it in the covenant, in the covenant way, and if we will approach it with the covenant mindset, that adversity will bring us to a place where we will manifest the glory of God. 
that adversity will bring us to a place where we will manifest the glory of God. I know it doesn't feel like it. In the moment, it doesn't feel like it. In the moment, we feel threatened. In the moment, we are scared. In the moment, we are troubled. In the moment, almost everything we know seems to be falling apart. Every is taken away from us. But God said, I will give drink to my people. And they will show forth my glory. They will show forth my praise. Through that experience of adversity, through that change, the new things of God will manifest in our lives. I know the reason is so hard sometimes is because we wish it happened just like that. We wish it happened the same way adversity came. You know, adversity doesn't give us advance, <laughs> advance notice. It doesn't give us advance warning. <laughs> it just hits us, bam! And suddenly it's like, suddenly we don't even know what hit us. Like suddenly our lives are upside down. Everything about our lives just seems suddenly top star. Like when, when man has ceased. Man has ceased. Man that they've had for 40 years ceased. One day man has just ceased. And I know sometimes the reason adversity really is difficult to bear. Number one, many times it takes us by surprise. Although if we're sensitive in the spirit, many times we see things. We are prepared. The Lord always prepares us. The Lord always prepares us. But we may be too, sometimes too busy, too distracted, too focused on other things that are not really important to receive that preparation. But the Lord does prepare us. And many times, even when we don't know that's what's going on, really, when adversity comes and we plug into the Lord, you find out there's a strength that comes up within you because you were prepared for it. So that old, that change, that newness that comes makes us uncomfortable. And we really wish as suddenly as adversity came, Prosperity also came. But, but sometimes it doesn't, many times, most times I must say, it doesn't happen like that. Adversity hits suddenly, sometimes prosperity takes a while to show up. So life feels really hard. Feels really difficult. But as children of God, we must keep in mind, remind ourselves always, our Father has a plan. And it's a good plan. Our Father has the perfect plan for wherever we are in our lives. He was not caught by surprise. We may have been caught by surprise, but our Father is never caught by surprise. He never slumbers. He neither slumbers nor sleeps. So we must be, we must be confident in that assurance of what our Father is doing. Let's go back to Joshua chapter 5. He says, the manna ceased. What verse is this? This is verse 12. And the manna ceased on the morrow after they had eaten of the old corn of the land. Neither had the children of Israel manna anymore. After 40 years, suddenly manna ceased. But they did eat of the fruit of the land of Canaan that year. God had a plan. Even though the manna says God had a plan. Even though adversity hit, God had a plan. God always has a plan. And the Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11, He said, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you. I know the thoughts that I think towards you. They are not thoughts of evil. In fact, they are thoughts of good. They are not thoughts of evil. They are thoughts of good to bring you. To your expected end. To bring you. To your next wealthy place. Let's keep on reading. Later that year. They did eat. Of the fruit. Of the land. Of Canaan. God always has a plan. God always has a plan. I want you to remind yourself. Of that continually. Continually. God always has a plan. God always has a plan. Our job is to find what that plan is, to find the next steps. 
Many times we don't understand it. But when adversity hits, our assignment is to find God's plan. God always has a plan. God always has a plan. Hallelujah. Verse 13. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went unto him and said unto him, Are you for us or are you, are you for our adversaries? God is always for you. <laughs> that is not even a question. That is not even a question. God is always for you. If it is ever a question for you, you are not going to get that affirmation. If it is ever a question for you, you are never going to get that affirmation. If it's ever a question for you, you are going to hear it's neither here nor there. You are going to hear, nay, it's not, it's, not, it's not this and it's not that. But it's never a question. God is always for you. Even in the midst of your adversity, in, even in your darkest hour, God is always for you. He's working out a plan. This plan will, will, will produce success. Success will be produced by this plan. Opportunity will explode. Manifestation will happen. Success will be created for you. God always has a plan. Is God here? That should never be a question. Is God with me? Is God walking here? It should never be a question. If it ever becomes a question to you, the answer will never be the affirmation you are looking for. It should always be a confidence within your heart, an assurance. Your heart must be fixed always. God is with me. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Yea, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. <laughs> All the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Must never be in question. It must never be in question. The Lord is with me. The Lord is with me. The Lord is with me. Somebody say that in faith, the Lord is with me. Wherever you are tonight, say the Lord is with me. Whatever you are going through, say the Lord is with me. Whatever the noise you are hearing, all the noises you are hearing, say the Lord is with me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> he said, Joshua said to the commander, are you for us or are you for our adversary? Adversary, the angel said, Nay, but as captain of the host of the Lord am I now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship and said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his servant? And the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose your shoe from off your feet, for the place whereon you stand is holy. And Joshua did so. Let's, let's read on to the first couple of verses of chapter 6. Now Jericho... This is where they were going. Oh. Sorry, excuse me. This is where they were going. <laughs> now, Jericho was straightly shut up. This is where they were going. Right? They are supposed to have a wide door of opportunity. But the place was straightly shut up. Completely shut, shut down. Shut down, shut up, shut away. There's no access. There's no how for them to get in there. Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. What does that mean? Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. See, all that drama, you know the extent to which the enemy will go 
because he knows you are advancing and he wants to stop you? Do you know the extent to which your adversary will go? Because he knows God has a plan for you and he's willing to do anything and everything to try to abort that plan. It's all because of you. That adversity is because of what God has ordained concerning you. You don't, you don't find, you don't find arm robbers breaking into a home that has no precious items. That does not happen. The arm robbers, they strategize, they plan, they for weeks they plan and they bring all their armored vehicles and all their equipment and all their armory and to break into a home that has no treasure. It doesn't happen. The reason they are going to do that heist is because they know there is precious, precious treasure in there. And they will plan for years and months and weeks and days to get it. The adversity in itself, the attack, the affliction of the enemy shows the value of what you have. What God has invested in you. If there was no treasure in you, why would, why would Satan care? Say it was because of the children of Israel. Jericho was shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, <laughs> Ooh, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. The Lord said to Joshua, See, see, you know, he's still on the ground. He took off his shoes, and all he could see was the place was shut up, there's no access. It was supposed to be a wide door of opportunity, but this looks like a complete is like a complete barrier. There's no way to get in there. The Lord says, See. It's the same way the Lord says to his people, see, when you see difficulty, don't see the difficulty. The difficulty is speaking to you, but look beyond it. See opportunity. That adversity is calling your name, is trying to subdue you, overwhelm you. The Lord says, see, see opportunity. See opportunity for giants to emerge. See opportunity, see opportunity for a champion to arise. See. The Lord said unto Joshua, see, I have given into your hand Jericho, and the king thereof, and the mighty men of valor. It didn't look like it. It didn't look like it. And what did the Lord say to them? That you are going to, you are going to march. You are going to advance through this adversity. You are going to walk around. See that verse 3? You will compass this city, all you men of war. And you go round about the city once. And you do that six days, you read the rest of it. Then on the seventh day, you everybody shouts and, and, and you know what happened? The walls came down. But they had to advance through that adversity. They couldn't go back. They couldn't lose hope. They couldn't give up their courage. And in advancing through adversity and walking God's plan, they found success. They found success. May you find success in Jesus' mighty name. Whatever you are doing, whatever the Lord has assigned you to do, whatever you have set your heart upon, whatever your hands have been laid upon, may you prosper. May you prosper. May you not perish. May you prosper. May you not be devoured by the wild animals in the wilderness. May you drink fresh water. May you find fresh wine. Hallelujah. May you not carry the burden of shame. May you manifest the glory of God. 
May you manifest miracles. In the midnight hour, when it looks like all the doors are closed, may the angel come through and may those doors open on their own accord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. May you find the mighty hands of God working for you, working through you, working in you, in that place of adversity. Lift up your heads. Lift up your heads. See, there's opportunity in the difficulty. Lift up your head. There's a wide door of opportunity. Effectual. Effectual. Even though it looks like the gates are shut, they are straightly shut. No one is able to come in. No one is able to go out. Lift up your heads. Lift up your eyes and see. And success will happen for you. As you continue to trust God. As you continue to walk, marching forward through adversity. As you continue to believe and have faith. Opportunities will explode. Manifestations will happen. And success will be created. Father, in the name of Jesus, we give you praise tonight. We bless and magnify your holy name. You are worthy of our praise. You are worthy of our glory. You are worthy of our honor. I lift you up and adore you. I thank you. Precious Savior, I thank you. I magnify your holy name. Thank you, Lord, for speaking your word to us. Bless your children tonight. Everyone, everyone under the sound of my voice. Bless them and their families. We give you all the glory and the praise. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. And amen. Amen. Thank you for hanging with us tonight, saints. I I think I'm going a little bit long. Thank God I'm, I have no regrets about it. This have been real powerful services, um, but I'm, I'm going to try to trim it back to our 45 minutes. And It's so powerful, sometimes it's just difficult to stop right there in the middle of, <laughs> in the middle of the flow of the river. It's so powerful, so powerful. I hope you've been blessed tonight. I've been so blessed. Glory be to God. Thank you so much for being with us tonight. I look forward to seeing you again next week, same time. God bless you. Good night. <laughs>